0: Why are more people not talking about this in the online space? They're like, price what feels good, price in alignment, price your worth. And my thought was, instead of saying things like that, why don't we say price based on your goals?
1: You're listening to the Merged Marketing Podcast with David Louch and Jason Hunt. Our mission with this show is to discuss all things business, digital marketing, sales, and mindset. It's our hope to empower entrepreneurs to get the most from their efforts so that they can focus on what they do best.
2: Hello everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Merge Marketing Podcast. My name's David, co-host and producer along with my partner Jason Hunt. You're listening to episode number 59. Our guest today has spent over 400,000 in personal and client ad spend online over the past 5 years. He's managed launches ranging from 3,000 to 300,000 and found some clear patterns along the way, patterns that he's used both personally and professionally to create results. Results like a six-figure in full product launch for himself, that's over 173,000 just to be exact, and multiple six-figure launches for clients. He's been featured on top podcasts like EO Fire, the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast, the Mind Your Business podcast, the Art of Paid Traffic podcast, and now the pinnacle, the Merged Marketing podcast. In short, after making over $1.4 million from a launch-based business, He's been in the trenches of multiple businesses and has seen what works and now wants to share that knowledge with as many people who will listen. Zach, thank you so much and welcome to our show today.
0: Hey, thanks so much for having me.
2: Absolutely. We're very excited to talk with you today about a a topic that we haven't actually uh, ever spoken about before on the podcast, and and it's actually not something that we've ever done for our business before. So I hope that our audience learns a lot today and gets a lot of value out of today's episode, but uh, I know Jason and I will as well. Um, Now, before we get into the meat and potatoes of the episode today, I'm I'm super curious, and I've always wanted to ask course creators this question before, and I'm sorry if it is uh, not going to be great for you but basically what I'm wondering is as a course creator yourself are you also a course consumer and is there is there an online course that perhaps you've taken recently or maybe you took in the past that really inspired you to get into um, creating an online course for yourself and if you can remember what that was
0: yeah it's a fantastic question I am an avid course consumer I actually run uh, two businesses three if you consider my agency and my courses two separate businesses and uh, I recently took a course uh, around marketing our, we have a handmade product business. Um, and so I just invested in a course around handmade products. I've invested in courses on everything from um, graphic design, using Canva to you know, flow state, to health and wellness. Like I am an avid course consumer. I love them, I don't <laughs> know if it's just the karma in me. It's like, if I'm gonna sell them, I might as well use them. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm an avid course consumer. And in, in terms of the course that really got me started, Um, I'm trying to remember what it was called. This would have been six years ago now. Uh, It was Amy Porterfield. She had uh, a program. It was $500 for the course, $1,000 to go VIP, about $2,000 in my savings account at the time. I invested 500 of it. And within about a week, I tried to upgrade, uh, did upgrade to VIP. And uh, the rest is history. It was just a fantastic experience. And it, it really taught me a lot about the online course world.
1: How do you, how, you when you're taking an online course? I think a lot of a lot of people once they complete the the course, there is kind of an element of buyer's remorse at times. Do you, do you find that ever happens, or do you find you know you've you've been able to ex, you know get all the value you could out of yeah. that? Out of that? You
0: know, I think I think there's this misnomer about courses that are like they're these A to Z. You've got to start and finish to get the value. And for me, when I invest in a course, I like to say, what am I trying to get out of it? And how do I receive that value? So like I just invested in a course, it was a thousand bucks and there it's like this 12 week program. It's really intensive. Um, There's like 10 videos, a module. And I went in saying, look, I just want to learn Facebook ads for handmade products. Like packaging is, is in that course. Marketing is in that course. Building your website is in that course. That's all great. I'm here specifically for how to set up my, funnels with email marketing and how to set up my Facebook ads. And I use courses more like reference material. And I think that people think that they're like movies. They're not like movies. You don't have to start and finish. Now don't get me wrong. You're doing like a live program or you're doing something sequentially. Yes, knowledge builds upon itself, but having self-awareness about what you need and what you know can really expedite the course process. So very rarely do I have buyer's remorse. I've returned or refunded one course in six years I've been online and I've probably bought over a hundred. Um, and that was a time where I felt like I bought a course and it was not what I paid for. Like it just, it just did not have the information that was presented on the front end. I don't really like to refund courses, even if I'm not a fan, but there was, there was an exception, (laughs) um, you know, for the, for the most part, I don't get buyer's remorse because I look at a course as an investment in something specific, whether it be education, transformation, or direct ROI in my business. So, Um, I'm I'm not looking at it like, oh, if I don't finish the course, I'm going to have remorse. Or if I finish the course, then I'm going to be like, wow, did I get everything I needed? I'm going in saying, where is that 2X ROI piece of information and how do I uncover it?
1: I, I love it. And I find that it's funny because when you get all these, you know, these free sessions and this and that, that are that are online there. Yeah. I have so many things in my inbox that just kind of sit there dormant collecting dust. Because <laughs> I know I, I'll get to them someday. But if I pay, I could even pay fifty bucks for, for some sort of a webinar, guaranteed you I'm gonna absorb and get the most I can out of it. So that kind of eludes to the next question, which is when you're going to to price a course. Zach, how do you go about that to to find that perfect price point um, to get the most consumers possible?
0: This is a really fun question because we actually have courses ranging everywhere from $37 to uh, $600. Um, I also have a group coaching program that we price at about $1,800 a quarter. Um, and then for my one on one rates, they reach from 7,500 to 10,000. So I have a really broad range of price points, but I have a really broad range of audience. And I was listening to an audiobook the other day by a, a friend of mine. Her name is Denise Duffield Thomas, fantastic author, fantastic uh, money mindset uh, entrepreneur. And she was saying, you know, price your courses based on not just what you want to make, but like who your target audience is, right? And so we really took a stance in the last year and a half, two years. Um, year and a half to year. I don't know why I said two years, really around December. But I started formulating this idea recently that's like, you know, I'm not like, I'm not shaming anybody for their prices. You can price your course at whatever you want. But if your audience is people just getting started and they're like, I have this business idea, what do I do? The, the conventional norm is that it's a $2,000 course, right? That's the conventional norm. And we kind of started to say, well, if our audience is people just getting started who don't really have $2,000 to spend, Why are we trying to get people to spend $2,000 on a course? They're going to have buyer's remorse. They're going to refund. They're going to not get results and they're going to be let down. So what we did was I had a really good friend of mine who was like, you know, I think low ticket is going to be really big in the near future. And we took one of my thousand dollar courses. We paired it way down. We did not take a thousand dollar course and sell it for thirty seven dollars. That will not work. Um, (laughs) We paired it way down. We turned it into a toolkit with the resources from the course. We sold it for thirty seven bucks. And as of now, we're right around nine hundred of those. We started about six months ago. We've sold about nine hundred copies of those. We have upsells. We have order bumps. We have back end offers. And then we have a three hundred dollar course um, with an option to get group coaching with it if you want for 600. And we sell that to our audience. Cause my thing is like, look, you can get started for 37 bucks. And my target audience is people who are like in the first couple years of business or still in that infancy, like they could be longer, but they're still in that infancy stage of business where they're figuring it out. They're learning what they want. They're testing webinars, challenges, live video, different strategies, email marketing. They're trying to find what works for them. And for me, I was like, do I really want to charge $2,000 to somebody who's figuring it out? I don't. Um, so that's that's like the that's like point one a. point 1A. Point 1B is that we don't do anything blindly. We do it based on metrics. So what a lot of people do is they're like, well, I'm going to price my course at 497 because I want 20 students and I want to make $10,000. I'm like, that's great, but have you calculated your ad costs? Have you calculated your affiliate spend? Have you calculated your team costs. So when we go into a launch, we don't just blindly price. I actually use a calculator and project what will my profit look like based on my past expenses, based on my current expenses, because we um, we really started doing this just in the last few months because we started a couple of hand, handmade product businesses and we realized that in the handmade product space, you don't just arbitrarily throw a price tag on your product. Um, in conventional marketing or direct to consumer marketing, you actually calculate your overhead, your expenses, your labor costs, you put all of these into a calculator, and then you multiply it by two to three X to figure out what your wholesale prices should be, what your uh, direct to consumer prices should be. And I thought, why are more people not talking about this in the online space? They're like price what feels good, price in alignment, price your worth. Um, We hear a lot of stuff like that. And my thought was, instead of saying things like that, why don't we say price based on your goals, price based on your market, and then find a happy medium where you're happy and feel good about the price, and then you're pricing based on what you wanna earn, right? So that's how I like to price a course, because at the end of the day, like a lot of people say like, well, but what's the perfect price point for my industry, right? Well, I'm not saying steal your competitor's price tag, but do some competitor analysis, see what the other price looks like, but also keep in mind, there is... In every single market, there is a subset of people who will pay more and a subset of people who will pay less. So there are people in the fitness realm who will pay $5,000 a month for a personal trainer. And there's people who won't even pay $5 for the DVD from the Goodwill, right? (laughs) The nature of every industry and niche. So for me, pricing is about what feels good, what looks good, what serves my market, and what makes sense on paper.
2: Absolutely. so Zach that was that was amazing. Thank you for diving into that aspect of of just creating a course you know w- before we got on today's um, conversation, I did a little bit of creeping and there was a couple things that I saw on your Instagram that really intrigued me and one of them was the rant that you recently had about pricing ah. and so I was going to ask you about that um, Jay, the salesman, loves to go on for the kill so I want to pump the brakes a little bit and backtrack because one of the things I really want to get out of this episode is the, the who, what, where, when and why of creating an online course because there's probably a lot of entrepreneurs listening right now, uh, people that are running businesses that have always thought about creating a course based off of the skill that they have or the thing that they do, um, but haven't done it because perhaps they think it is difficult to do and that it's going to take a lot of their time. So I want to demystify that and go into how to create a course, how to potentially automate it and make it a wing of your business so that it's just bringing in continual revenue because it's, it's not live. Um, and, and maybe, maybe the best way to do that is to, to go through the evolution of, of your business, how you started and where you're at, uh, today, but I'll, uh, I'll let you, I'll leave that up to you.
0: Yeah, so you know, we—I really started in the online space about ten years ago, um, actually even a little longer than that. My my first dollar online, I knew, I remember this was when I was twelve because to make money online, you have to have a social security number and you have to be over thirteen. I actually used my, dad's and was like, just trust me, it's not a scam. It was totally a scam, <laughs> totally filling out surveys for money. Um, And that's how I started. It was this concept of like, can you generate revenue from nothing? And over the years, I've done a number of different things. I've done affiliate marketing with websites. I've flipped websites. I've flipped Shopify stores. I've um, done direct sales, I've done advertising, I've done agency work, I've done coursework, I've done client work, I did freelance writing for a few years while I was in college. And ultimately, what ended up happening is about six years ago, um, I was running a food blog, it was relatively successful. We took it to about 25,000 views a month in in six months. We were building an email list, we were selling digital products. And I was like, I don't really love food photography that much. Like I like I like the end product, but I don't really like doing it but I'm still doing this blog and it's going great. So I kind of like evaluated over the last 10 years, what have I really loved about all this stuff that I've been doing? And for me, it was the marketing. I just really like marketing. Um, I think that some people get into the online space and think like, Oh, well, the easiest way to make money is, is just to teach people how to market their business. Right. And it's like, well, I got into this cause I actually love it. i have been doing some form of online marketing for 10 plus years. Um, and that's what I love. I love learning. I love testing. I love experimenting. And so six years ago, I started Heart, Soul & Hustle. It was a little bit easier to get organic reach at the time. Periscope was around, if anybody remembers good old Periscope. Um, and I just started talking about what I was doing to land clients uh, for Facebook ads management. I basically kind of started this business and said, I'm just going to run Facebook ads for people. I know what I'm doing. I've been starting them for a couple of years. I'm not going to charge an arm and a leg, but I'm going to start getting people results. And very quickly people started saying, well, how are you getting clients? How are you getting clients? How are you getting clients? And so I said, look, I can only teach you how to get five, four or five clients. That's all I can do. Um, if you would be interested, I did a live on Periscope and I said, if you'd be interested, let me know. I'll together, of course, we'll charge 97 bucks. And uh, within minutes, people were like, I, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, where do I pay, where do I pay? And I thought, this is, this is something here. There, there's something here. And so I literally put together a PayPal button Dropped the link on the live stream and we made twelve hundred bucks. Uh, wow. No sales page, no nothing. Just like it's a little harder these days to do that. It's a little more saturated. I wouldn't recommend that as a course strategy. Um, we ended up doing twenty two hundred dollars in sales through that weekend, um, and then we took that course to six figures. We took a, we started a Facebook advertising course. We took that to six figures. Um, then people started asking me, how are you launching these courses. We built a launch course. We took that to right around seven hundred thousand dollars in sales, um, and then about. Three years ago, I kind of burned out on courses. Um, I didn't love where the industry was going. I didn't love a lot of the culture. I didn't love a lot of the, what's the word I'm looking for? Like um, posturing that was happening. And I thought, I'm just going to run an agency. You know, I know what to do. I know how to run ads. I'm just going to run an agency. I'm going to run ads for people for their courses. I don't have to fulfill. I don't have to deal with the industry. I don't have to deal with any of it. And I did that for about two years. And then about six to 12 months ago, um, I was like, you know what? All this stuff that I don't love about the industry, I can just do something else. (laughs) I don't have to follow (laughs) the industry to be in the industry. And um, we started creating lower ticket offerings. Um, We have high ticket offerings as well, um, but we just started promoting some low ticket offers and um, they crushed and we've been doing really well with it. We've done Around 1100 sales of $37 to $27 to $37 products. We've done over $60,000 at a $37 price point. I can talk about how that math works out. Cause if you're doing math, you're like, that's not 60,000, that's 40,000. Um, it is closer to 60,000 because we have um, order bumps and upsells. Um, but what ended up happening was I started doing a lot of the stuff in love before and it's like reignited because I'm doing it from a place of, enjoyment, not from a place of, oh, how do I sell $10, $2,000 courses this month? It's like, how do I really help people? How do I really serve people? How do I grow my audience? How do I grow my list in a way that feels good, looks good, shows good, like people like, right? And they don't feel abandoned or pushed or pressured. And uh, you know, now we have a Facebook group of um, customers only. It's, it's right around 550 to 600 people who have bought a low ticket offer. We bring them into a customer group. We've done affiliate promotions with people through that group. We've done um, webinars, you know, just traditional launching of our own products. Um, and now we're at a place where we've got our, our core product is called Launch It. And we teach people how to launch their own digital course in about 12 weeks. And uh, we sell that for 300 if they want just the course, 600 if they want the course and weekly coaching. Um, and since it's a 12-week program, it actually ends up coming with about 15 calls uh, for 600 bucks and most programs are two grand for eight calls, thousands of customers, maybe you get your question answered and, uh, you know, we wanted to change that. So that's kind of how we ended up where we are now.
1: This episode is brought to you by Morning Doe. Check it out. I don't subscribe to many newsletters, if any at all, but there's one newsletter that hits my inbox every single morning and it's Morning Doe. Morning Doe is a jam-packed newsletter filled with tons of value of digital marketing updates and tips and keeps me ahead of the game in terms of digital marketing. So if you want to check it out, just go on over to MorningDoe.com. That's MorningDoe, D-O-U-G-H.com. Check it out. I love it. And uh, the power of Periscope. (laughs) <laughs> I, wish, I, I wish I had that. Uh, I wish I had that uh, kind of epiphany uh, back in 2016 when when I was rocking off periscopes on a daily basis. I didn't get that 12 dollars kind of ticket epiphany type of thing at the time, but I probably would have yeah. doubled down on it if I did. Um, but yeah, I was gonna say. So so, do you find this market, Zach? It, is it saturated yet? Like, like that's one thing. Cause I mean, you're doing all these training that teach people how to do these courses them, t- themselves. So what would you say to somebody that says, Hey, this market is so saturated.
0: Yeah. It's, it's all saturated. You know, that's, that's just the truth. Like it's 2021. You go to YouTube and look anything up and it's saturated. You want to start a business, you want to start a business, just do it. Right. And I don't mean that in like a snarky, like, Oh, just, just do it. Just start blah, blah, blah. Um, I mean, more like, look, it's it. Yeah. At the end of the day, everything is saturated. There's something called um, the five levels of market sophistication. And uh, I always forget what they are, but the guy named Eugene Schwartz, if I'm not mistaken, came up with the five levels of market sophistication. And basically what it means is that as things progress, as industries progress, um, people become more aware of things. So when you could start, like if the first person to say, do you want to lose weight? Everyone was like, yes, that sounds amazing. I do want to lose weight. And then over time, they're like, well, that's not a, do you want to lose 10 pounds in 30 days? And then then that becomes more advanced. And then it's like, do you want to lose 10 pounds in 30 days with my signature system, intermittent fasting, a little more sophisticated. The very top level is what we call identity. And at the identity level, people are connecting with people. They're not connecting with products or they're connecting with the identity of who they want to be. And so as someone who's in this industry, where we've really carved out our voice is that we're offering great products at ethical pricing that offer really great results and transformation and community and connection. And that's what people want. So we stopped saying, how do we stand out in the market? And we said, how do we give people who they want to be? Right? It's not about, like, if you want to sell courses, it's not a secret anymore, right? People are on television talking about this stuff. It's not this big cryptic, like, did you know you can make money on the internet? Like most people are aware of that at this point. (laughs) So, you know, like what we do is we say, who do people want to be? How do they want to identify? What's the transformation they're looking for in their life? And speak to that. Because at the end of the day, it's not going to get less saturated. It's going to get more saturated. Right. And so we don't like to get wrapped up in like, well, is it too saturated? Is someone else doing this? No one else is doing it the way you're doing it because no one else has your values, your morals, your compass, your ideology. Um, So I I know that that's a little played out to be like, no one's just like you, but that, I mean, that is what it is, right? No one is doing it the same way I'm doing it. And anybody who tries to rip me off, which has happened is great because I, if they're busy ripping me off, I'm already one step ahead. Um, The biggest thing you can do is be an innovator and an idea creator. Um, And so that's what we do. We're just constantly coming up with new ideas and innovations in the way that we do things. Um, one of the biggest things we did was the traditional webinar model is give them the what, not the how. That's <laughs> like the traditional webinar model is like, tell people what to do and then sell them the opportunity to learn how to do. It. I had a good <laughs> friend of mine, we did, a, we did a Google ads webinar together. And I said, let's just go for two hours and actually show them how to set up a Google ad totally countered everybody says will work that webinar converted at 10 percent. we ended up having a really successful launch our conversion rate was fantastic and we did everything that everyone says not to do because the market sophistication in my opinion is at a point where people actually want to know how to do stuff like they're they're getting burnt out on this like oh you just have to do it oh you have a mindset issue oh it's deeper than that they're like some people are like i just need to know how to run a facebook ad like just tell me what to do And then once you prove that, that you know what you're doing, they're ready to invest more with you. Um, And that's the ideology that I run on now is like, how can I provide immense value before they ever pay me? How can I provide immense value at a low price point? So when high ticket comes along, when the bigger opportunity comes along, people aren't going, oh, do I want this? They're going, dude, this guy just gave away the farm for 37 bucks. What the heck am I going to get for 2000? Yeah. Um, Then it is a better experience. And I don't mean better in the sense of like, oh, you're getting better stuff. It's better in the sense of it's higher touch. It's more access. It's more personalized, right? And that has been working for us. And we're going to continue to ride that train for a while.
2: That's amazing. Um, you, there's so much i want to touch on there but but i really want to go back to you know the the small business owner or the local business owner that wants to supplement their income or add a different stream of revenue for their business right now let's say it's a florist who wants to start a course or have a low entry course on how to do floral arrangements or your yeah. home or whatever it is, right? Like something super, super tactical. Like how can they start? Like, is there a platform that they should go to, to sign up for? And that's where they post their course, you know, cause, cause I, I would think that a lot of business owners, the hurdle that they, they have a hard time getting over is that most of the courses that they interact with and see have these super professional backgrounds. It looks yeah. like a, it looks like a movie, like it, just not real. You know what I mean? So like uh, maybe a couple things that they can do or check out um, would be, would be appreciated.
0: Yeah. I mean the best thing you can do, and I tell this to everybody, whether you've invested with me or not, the two best teachers in the world are Google and YouTube university. They just are right. The biggest thing is you have to know what you're searching for. So it's really funny. I, I discovered that I'm like an odd person and that I search by keyword. Like I watch people who are not marketers. My partner, <laughs> he'll search like, how do I blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, why would you search that? Like just use the keywords. Kill, it kills me. But yeah, <laughs> right now, if you know the keywords, you know what to look into. So if you want to, like it's called a course platform or a course provider platform. So what I would recommend is go to Google and look, compare them like if you if you google and people have youtube videos now granted everybody's an affiliate of everything these days so just you know nobody's reviewing something on the internet just because they want you to know if it's good or not they're reviewing it cuz they get an affiliate commission so just a little side um <laughs> but, but yeah detect right like we use kajabi i love kajabi great platform mm. it is like 129 bucks a month so it's not the cheapest yeah. option out there teachable is a great platform think is a great platform Um, but they all come with their own benefits and limitations, right? So the best thing you can do is be a student of life and educate yourself on what you need, right? So if you were to ask me, hey, what do you recommend? I'd be like, just use Kajabi. But not everybody's looking to spend $129 a month. I've also been doing this for six plus years. It's not a big deal to me to spend that on my course platform. We generate, we sell our $37 product. We run ads to it. We sell 10, like we're selling like five to 10 of them a day. One day pays for my course platform. Not a big deal, right? Not everybody's there. Teachable is a much friendlier entry point, but it's not as visually appealing in my opinion, right? So so that's my answer is like course provider platform, do a little Googling on it, see what works, come shop around and find one that works for you and get started. In terms of actually getting started, biggest myth that you're going to hear is that you can like just put it out there, just launch, just launch, just launch, just launch. Um, Look, I think you can you can launch to sell your product. I'm a huge advocate of launches. But if you're gonna launch your product and you don't have an audience, you need money. So in internet marketing, you've got two options. You can invest your time or you can invest your money. I recommend you invest both, right? Like what we do for our um, our challenge launch toolkit, that's our $37 product, we just run ads to it. I don't really have a ton of time to be like running around promoting it. Every once in a while, I'll post about it organically. We get a good testimonial. I'll throw it up on my page or my profile and run traffic to it. For the most part, I'm just running ads because I don't have a ton of time because I run an agency too. Um, But if I don't have the money, then I've got to invest the time to grow organically, to connect with people on Instagram, to build an email list, to build an audience. Okay. If you want to put your product out there, you need time or you need money. And that's, that's just the facts. I, I, I probably wouldn't, you know, I could debate it, but I think it's just the facts. Um, so if you're going to put your offer out there, the first thing you need to do is figure out what people want. Okay. What a lot of people do is they say, I'm great at this, so I'm going to put it in a course. And that is the biggest mistake you can make. Okay. You got to figure out what people want and generally what people want is health, wealth, and happiness. Those are the big three. If you don't speak to one of those three things, people aren't going to buy your offer. So, and you might be like, well, what about me? I teach painting. Well, that makes people happy. Well, what about me? I teach weight loss. That's health, right? Um, I teach people how to market their business. No, you don't. You teach them how to make more money, right? People <laughs> want wealth, health, and happiness. Those are, that's yep. pretty much it. You can take pretty much any product on the market. That's why people are buying it. So you want to make sure you're speaking to one of those things, not a hard or soft skill, okay? That's number one. Number two, you want to put it out there just Put it out there to an audience. So if you've got a small audience, 100 people, 200 people, my friend, Denise Duffield Thomas, who I mentioned earlier, she talks about the power of 1%. And she says, you know, in the online marketing space, people love to be like, my webinar converted at 10%. I made $8,000 on a $400 ad spend. The reality is most people convert at about 1%. You have an email list of 500, you're going to get about five people to buy. Okay. I find at a lower price point, it's a little more forgiving, maybe closer to 2 to 3%. When you're talking over 297%, one and, and you just have to know that. Can you optimize that? Can you scale that? Can you get better at that? Absolutely. But when you don't know what you're doing and you throw an offer out there, 1% is not a bad thing. So put your offer out there and make it appealing. So that's the third thing. Just make it appealing. What does your audience actually want, right? So we talked a little bit about that, but if you were a florist doing floral design, get clear on what do they want? Are they doing it as a hobby? Are they doing it as a profession? Are they doing it for a wedding, right? Those are all different people and you got to figure out what they want. So speak to what people want and then just put the offer out there and make it super easy to pay you. The biggest thing that people do is they're like, well, if you want this, let me know and then I'll send you an invoice and then you can pay me. It's like, no, no, send an <laughs> email, give them a button, let them pay you. Make yeah. it stupid simple to pay you and more people will. Um, this is a concept that we started introducing more in our business, which is like, we've added products to all of our high traffic blog posts and we immediately uh, organic sales start coming in. Sounds so like, well, yeah, that makes sense, right? We've been doing this for years, we get organic traffic. But prior to that, we had like all products floating the internet and it was like, well, which one do I want or how do I buy it? And now it's like, hey, if you liked this, click here to pay me. It, yeah. it has to be that simple. So I think if you put those three things together from an, from an ideology, like that's, that's what it is. Create something people want, build your audience, put the offer out there and then refine it over time. And just to kind of tack onto that, because you kind of mentioned it, it's like, it doesn't have to be perfect the first time, right? Shoot it on your iPhone, shoot it low tech. If you're not producing a, a production high level quality could be on a stage type stuff. Maybe you don't charge $2,000 for it on day one. There's nothing wrong <laughs> with that. You can always increase your prices. Um, but just start where you are, put build the audience, put the offer out there, generate some revenue and refine as you go.
1: I love um, it. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, David, did you have anything else on that topic before we switch gears for a second?
2: No, I didn't, but that was exactly what I was looking for. You just went into three things. I think people are going to get a lot of value from and be able to take away to, to do their own research and look into, uh, for themselves. So that's amazing. Thank you so much, Zach.
1: Yeah, Zach. Um, I wanted to touch on, because I know you love geeking out on Facebook ads and, uh, I do as well. And, and that's a, a, that's a big thing. And 2021 has presented some interesting challenges on the Facebook ad side. Um, has has your strategy running facebook ads changed in 2021 compared to last year and what do you think is causing those changes
0: yeah you know the biggest thing we've been doing is refining the the pre-launch period and so a lot of people are like they they kind of have this concept of like oh i'm going to do a webinar or a challenge or a video series or i'm going to do some sort of sales-based content what about the time in between right Are we actively making sure that we're visible with the use of advertising? And what this comes down to is, are we growing our email list consistently? Are we putting out consistent content? Are we promoting that content consistently to people who don't know who we are? So like one of the things that I love to do, I don't do it as much as I'd like to, but when we do it, it goes gangbusters, is I write these really epic blog posts, um, 5,000 words minimum. uh, And we write these really epic posts and we promote them. Because if I write this epic post, just kind of weave everything together. I write this epic post and it's really high quality and I run it for traffic and someone clicks on it. First, they've now interacted with my page. I can retarget them with advertising when it comes time to launch. Two, they're not gonna click on that. If it's really epic and specific, they're not gonna click on it if they're not my ideal customer. Three, I've got a low ticket product embedded in that page. So people who read that page get the opportunity to pay me, which offsets my ad costs and builds my customer base. And four, this content shares itself because it's so good, so we naturally get organic traffic as a byproduct. All of that traffic to central location buyers generates audiences. Facebook and generates a retargeted audience. We love to use. We've even started playing a little bit with Google. It's retargeting some of these high-traffic blog posts. If we're not if we're not growing, we're dying, which is like really tried and true saying, we're not growing, we're dying. If the list isn't growing, we're not doing something right. If the, if the audiences on Facebook aren't growing, we're not doing something right. If our website traffic isn't growing, we're not doing something right. So we want to be growing in between not just growing at the point of entry.
1: I think definitely, you know, running ads for traffic is going to get your low cost per entry in terms of getting that engaged user. Somebody that could be in that target audience going over to your website, prime for the retargeting, because when you're retargeting people that open the lead form or when you're optimizing for conversions, sometimes that bucket of people is just not big enough and you're paying way too much money to retarget them. So I think it was a great point by Zach.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And and I knew this would be your favorite part because you like to geek out on Facebook ads, probably just as much as Zach does. But Zach, you had another great post on Instagram that I, that I read. Um, and it was kind of debating between Facebook ads and Google ads, which I love because I think Facebook is just where everyone's attention is and where everyone thinks the best results are. And and don't get me wrong, it's a great platform to advertise and you get a lot of good results, but so does Google, right? And especially when you're running courses, people are searching for things that they want to know, or they want to learn. And probably a lot of times going to Google for that. So what's your stance on Facebook versus Google ads for, for a course?
0: Yeah, I think I like to start with Facebook ads, right? Because the, the barrier to entry is lower on Facebook. That I just, I sincerely believe that, right? We are in the process of learning Google ads for ourselves and our clients. And I think there's just so much power in Google ads, but it's really targeted traffic. What yeah. that means is that you have to know your audience to get results. Okay, So with Facebook, I can be like, oh, I want to target people who like Amy Porterfield. I want to target people who like the Merge Marketing Podcast. Cool, simple. That's probably my audience. On Facebook, it's like, I have to know specifically what you're searching for. I have to know what websites you're visiting. I have to know what videos you're watching. It's a much more intimate understanding of your audience. I find that you can really build an audience on Facebook, uh, connect with that audience, understand that audience, and then move into Google to get more. For me, it's not an either or conversations. It's not a one versus the other. Um, Even though I know I wrote a post called Facebook ads versus Google ads, full transparency offering a Google course, it's in my best interest to make them sound super appealing. Um, We did an affiliate promotion, but I do really think that we need to start um, not putting all our eggs in one basket because we did have our Facebook ads account shut down at one point. And it was a nightmare. It was a pain. It cost us time. It cost us money. Um, And yeah, that could happen on Google too. But had we been in both places, we would have been like, oh, we'll just shift our spend over there. We couldn't do that at that time. And that's one of the reasons we're starting to diversify even more. So I don't think of it as an either or conversation. I think of it as a both and situation where it's like you really need to be on both platforms and learning how to use them. Facebook is going to be a lower barrier of entry, much easier to set up. Google, it's like you have to understand bidding. You have to understand it's a totally different ball game, um, but they both work really, really well.
1: aside from the aside from the different tactics um, that you need to deploy on both of those platforms, I think the the educational piece that a lot of people need to understand is the intent and there's zero intent beyond somebody on Facebook. and you need to create Absolutely. that intent where on Google it's there's very high intent there, right? So I think that's just yeah. you know to keep it simple. that's that's what a lot of uh, you know small business owners need to understand when they're going on those two platforms and which one to choose.
0: When you're on Facebook, yeah. you're interrupting people who are on social for social and you're ask, you're like, you're basically the, you're the guy on the corner of the street waving around the sign. Come like, <laughs> on, do this. You know, you want to come over here. Um, yeah, it's, it's targeted, but it's not intent based. Um, and mm-hmm. that really is a huge difference between the platforms.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Just, and just another way to to kind of explain it the way I like to, to explain it to, to a lot of customers or people that ask me is one's active and one's passive. Um, and in my opinion, you need, you need both because, uh, no matter what people are, people are looking for your, your services or your products and, and on one, they, they may not be actively looking for it, but, uh, if you get in front of them enough, then chances are, they're going to convert. So, um, Jay, do you have anything before we wrap up?
1: Yeah. Uh Zach, if uh we have anybody in our audience there that wants to get in touch with you, learn about the courses that you have to offer, what's the best way for them to do that?
0: Absolutely. The best thing is to just head over to my website, heartsoulhustle.com, or connect with me on Instagram at soul Hustle. If you've got the course idea, you've got the process, or sorry, you've got the course idea, you don't have the process and you want to know how to launch it. I'm a huge advocate of five-day challenges. It's basically where you show up for your audience, you give value for five days and you give them the opportunity to continue with you. Really in alignment with how I like to market. Um, we do have a $37 offer. It's uh, toolkit.heartsoulhustle.com. It'll teach you how to launch your digital product with a challenge. It comes with like, a really simple Facebook ads crash course. If you have no idea what you're doing, it is not going to save you. Um, But if you have the understanding of the basics, it's going to teach you what to do for challenges. It's got swipe files on emails. It's got walkthroughs on the entire system, scripts, templates, all kinds of good stuff. And we offer that for 37 bucks. So that's toolkit.hardsoulhustle.com. If you're like, this guy's great. I just want to throw my money at him. Uh, We will take it and we would love to support you. (laughs)
1: Love it, love it.
2: Amazing. All right, everybody. You heard it. Heart, Soul, Hustle. Check it out. You can tell that this guy is super passionate and super knowledgeable about um, courses and online marketing. So um, if you're thinking about getting into it and starting your own course, definitely check out Heart, Soul, Hustle and contact Zach. So Zach, uh, we're going to wrap things up. We end our episodes and ask our guests the same question every single time. And that is, if you could choose one person, dead or alive, to represent your brand, who would it
0: be and why? Oh my gosh. I was not ready. Um, (laughs) one person dead or alive to represent my brand. You know, I'm, I'm, this is going to, I don't know if anybody has said this before, but I'm going to say it. I I wouldn't want anyone to rep this particular brand. I wouldn't want anyone but myself to represent it because it's such a personal brand. Um, if you were to ask me about my e-com company, I might have a different answer because we're a faceless brand over there. Um, (laughs) but here it's like, What I stand for is what I stand for, and I wouldn't want anyone else to stand for it because they don't have the same views I could have. So, if that's cheating,
2: (laughs) no, I love that so much. And we actually haven't, yeah, we haven't had someone do that, um, or or give that answer, and uh, I'm surprised, but that makes a lot of sense. So, that's great.
1: We've had some crazy answers, and that was unique. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. we even had it.
2: We've even had a couple people say, Jay, I couldn't believe it, it was shocking. uh, (laughs) (laughs)
1: awesome. Uh, Hey, thanks so much, Zach. Thank you for your time. Um, and we'll be seeing you soon.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Take care.
1: Awesome. Great, uh, episode with Zach. Um, yeah, Zach's, uh, Zach's been in the game for a while. I've heard him on some podcasts in the past. Uh, definitely people need to reach out to him if you're considering or thinking about doing a course. Um, I know we've chatted about it in the past, but, uh, it's just never been a top priority to, to get going on a course, but, um, definitely, um, um, Zach has the experience and he's definitely somebody to seek out if you guys are, are looking for that guidance.
2: Absolutely. That was a great episode. Um, And uh, I'm looking forward to chatting with Zach again sometime.
1: Yeah, definitely. So for everybody out there watching, listening, wherever you are, don't forget to subscribe to the Merge Marketing Podcast. Give us a review. We'll love you for it. And uh, looking forward to catching you again next week.
2: See you, everybody.